you're passionate about transforming retail operations and improving performance, plus you're accountable for key change projects and programs in your company, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 14 of the Retail Transformation Show. Oliver here. How are you doing today? So in this episode, we're concluding our mini-series, taking a look at what is exciting in retail in 2019. Now, whilst there is a huge amount of nervousness around the so-called retail apocalypse, there's a lot to be excited about too. A lot. So this is part three of our three-part mini-series, diving into that. Now, if you've not heard the other episodes, episode 12 and 13, no worries, they're not prerequisites. But if you enjoy this show, do remember, go back and check them out afterwards, episodes 12 and 13. And if you do like these episodes, please subscribe. Please remember to subscribe. You can do that either in your favourite podcast app or on the website at obandco.uk slash 14. Now, the format of today's show is similar to the previous two. So if you've not heard them, essentially, I'm asking a variety of experts in and around retail a very simple question. What is exciting about the future of retail in 2019? But before we get into today, if we're not already connected on LinkedIn, why not? We should be. Please do search Oliver Banks. Send me a personalised invite and let me know that you're a listener. It would be great to connect. So in today's episodes, the three perspectives all hint at different ways of doing things, changing the status quo. And this is the Retail Transformation Show. We're big about change. So I think you're going to enjoy this one. We've got some brilliant golden nuggets coming up. So let's take a listen at what is exciting our special guests in retail in 2019. First up, Let me introduce you to Richard Hammond, the CEO of Uncrowd. Now, Richard has worked in stores, in the head offices, and as an external agency with retailers. He enjoys getting under the skin of customer psychology, and he's driven by asking why, why customers do the things that they do. Now, Richard is also the author of the book Smart Retail, and as you'll hear, he has a new book coming out later this year. So here you go. I'm Richard Hammond, and I am the author of a book called Smart Retail. And I have a new book called Friction Reward, which is coming out in April. I've been around retail for 34 years, started when I was 15 in a store, and I've been in love with it all my life. And one of the key questions that uh, this podcast looks at is kind of what's exciting people like me about retail and what's, what's coming up. I'll tell you what's exciting me more than anything else is that demonstrably, this is the most exciting period retail has had in 2,000 years of development. This is the first time that customers have been in charge of the relationship between themselves and retailers, and and that changes everything. For me, that's the most exciting time to, to be a retailer because we've lost the old certainties. And last week, I was at the NRF show in, in New York, and it was fascinating to see where the interesting developments, where the interesting new ideas, technologies, and so on were coming from. A surprising direction, actually. It was the Microsofts, the Oracles. It was 
the sales forces and actually Intel as well, who have almost been through their tech for technology's sake period and are now starting to talk about how do they support retailers in doing practical things, commercial outcomes? How do they help retailers make stores become places that are easier to shop and that are better to be in? And that lines up with what I'm working on for this year, which is we have a new business called Uncrowd. And what we're doing with Uncrowd is exploiting a discovery called the friction reward metric. And friction reward is an understanding of what drives customers to make the decisions that they make. In its shortest form, we've developed an algorithm and a platform that is able to, with pretty good accuracy, predict whether a customer is likely to shop you or your competitor. Now, the reason I've done that is I did that originally as as part of the the last version of the book, not because I was looking for a a company to found, not because I wanted to be part of this startup uh, fun, but because as a retailer of 35 years, I was trying to find an answer to that question. What makes customers want to shop us instead of a competitor? And we've never had a good answer. We've got things like Net Promoter Score, which do part of the story. We've got Customer Effort Score. We've got Persona Segmentation, Attitudinal Mapping, and so on. But all of those are either guesses, or they lack causality, or they only give half the story. So I've been looking at uh, what drives customers, and we discovered that the effort that goes into shopping a particular way versus the reward that's gained from doing it uh, in that particular way is the key to understanding why people make the decisions they make. Now, when you roll that back, yeah, we've got a business we've created around it, and yes, we can answer that question now. But what really excites me about this year is seeing retailers wake up to a retailer, I mean us, seeing us as an industry wake up to the fact that customers are now in charge, that a retailer can no longer say, what are our customers doing? What do our customers want? Because you don't have customers. You have people who sometimes use you as the solution to their uh, shopper mission. That changes everything. Because if we start to think like that, then we start to think what we need to create is an engagement, is an environment that's incredibly easy to shop, that's fantastically attractive when you do so. We need to align our friction and rewards so that we understand how to make our customers that we already have want to stay with us and how we create stores that people want to come to. That's important, not just for me, not just for our industry, not just for Uncrowd, but it's important for us in that it helps us to really nail that challenge of creating vibrant retail centers online and offline, places people want to go, shops people want to go to visit. For me, one of the key takeaways there from Richard is that customers are really now in charge. And actually, you don't have customers. You have people that sometimes choose you to buy products or service from. Now, I think it puts a really different spin on things. So if you are interested in finding out more, then get in touch with Richard Hammond by email, richard at uncrowd.uk. And you can also find him on LinkedIn or on Twitter under the handle at These Retail Days. Now, I'm going to put all of the contact info for our guests today over at obandco.uk slash 14. So if you want to get a direct link to make sure you can link into the right people or follow people on Twitter or email, whatever, head over there now, obandco.uk slash 14. Our next special guest is Matthew Spate. Now, Matthew is the Retail and Transformation Director at The Co-op, 
primarily known for its convenience stores in the UK. But it's not only food. They're also big in funeral care, insurance and legal services too. Matthew leads the delivery of a transformation portfolio, working across the organisation to achieve a number of commercial and strategic objectives. Here is Matthew Spate. Hi, my name is Matthew Spate. I'm the Retail Transformation Director here at uh, Co-op in in Manchester. We've had a fantastic few years now really thinking about how we start to show the Co-op to the communities across the UK. We've had our challenges, um, certainly going back four or five years, but we've had now sort of a significant period of, of stability. But we are a bricks and mortar retailer, and with that, uh, particularly in the UK at the moment, with you know internal challenges as well as things like Brexit, um, increasingly the role of technology played a bigger part. We've got to think about you know how do we reimagine the role of the physical store and create those shopping experiences that that really can't be found online, and equally ensure that we are appealing to all parts of the UK uh, and really all age groups and demographics. I think when people typically think about the co-op, they would have a certain image in mind and a certain age group in mind, and we are working hard to tackle that. You know, and that might be through use of pop-ups, the way we might sponsor things. So we've done lots of work with festivals last year at Reading, Leeds, and we've also started to sponsor Parkrun, and we're trying, trying to appeal to a new customer. But you know, how we rethink about the, the role of the store is quite critical. What I think we know is that all of that your new store, new physical retail will have to be designed around the customer and really getting to know your customer and understanding how you use your data better is a significant challenge. I'm, not, I'm sure not just for the co-op, but for all retailers in the UK, uh, ensuring that we're, you know, we're customer first uh, and we're driving loyalty to the brand because we're certainly living in this age of choice. And, and if you're not continually being relevant to customers and, and, and showing up, then you're going to miss out. I think also, like most organisations, we have that short-term, long-term challenge where you've got the targets you want to achieve in the year because you know you want to be associated and be a headline of a brand that's successful, so you're hitting yourself targets but equally you want to have that longer-term perspective because you know, you've got to be thinking about that organisation of tomorrow. So how you balance that is quite it's quite it's quite hard. Um, so what we what we try and do is make sure we've got a really strong change portfolio that that that, that works um, that has got the right balance of you know, what we'd call sort of fixing programs, infrastructural programs, but equally we've got the sort of growth and we've got the right balance in the portfolio. And that's easier said than done. It's always tempted to look at short-term things. So we, we've been working hard to try and create that balance. Um, in addition, I think, you know, when you're a people organisation like most retailers are, you know, you've got that, that bit about, you know, where's your asset? How do you reimagine physical store? You've got that perspective of, sort of medium, short and long-term and how do you get the right balance and how do you incentivize people and, and make sure people are thinking about the digital age, which, you know, for many people, they see digital age as just this thing for a couple of years. Well, I can tell you now it's not. It's a relentless period of learning and that, that's, you've got to, you've got to get your head around. And so with that, you've then got to transform your people and making sure that everyone feels connected to the changes that you're making in the organisation. And that might be you know, in, in the offices, in the stores, in the funeral homes and logistics for us, making sure that everyone understands why you're making the changes that you're making and ultimately how that makes the organisation better in the long run. And I'm not sure that there's anyone really doing that brilliantly. Uh, we are very conscious that we've got to make sure our colleagues are with us because they are the brand. They're the people that 
that make the co-op and so we've got to, we've got to make sure they're involved in change they are listened to you know and really everything goes through through our college so they're, they're probably the sort of big challenges that we've got right now and you know they're, they're not insignificant um, and I think they are probably consistent amongst many retailers and organizations you know how do you take your, your, your sort of core physical asset blend it with online, but make sure that, you know, you, you really do use that asset. Because I still think there's a role for a physical store. The fact that Amazon have opened their first physical store over in New York tells you that. Then it's about how you combine the two. It's then about how you think long and short term uh, and create the, the right urgency on both, and then how you bring colleagues on the journey. I think the other thing is this partnership aspect. So how do we partner with organisations to ensure that and, and to recognise that we don't know it all, and increasingly that's that's important. And that might be partnering with technology organisations, or actually about infrastructural changes and sharing. You know, we've obviously looked at growing through acquisition and partnership. I think retailers are, are doing this everywhere, looking at whether it's logistics, infrastructure, supply chain, and buying. And so, you know, partnering and, and, and sort of more alliances is, is critical. I think if you look at the car industry, um, I think it was last week's news where. VW and Ford got together on the design of trucks and started to share innovation ideas. You wouldn't have thought about that just even a year ago. And so I think it is a brave new world that we're facing. So I think 2019, we're going to continue to see more of those sort of things happening. So you've just got to keep a real open mind. But I think it's also true in doing that, that you need to be clear on what the problems are that you need to fix as an organisation and what you stand for, um, because it's no longer good enough just to be good at what you do. You've got to be great and you've got to be different. That's clearly why there is a lot of disruption on high street. Now, there's a lot to take in there. But for me, one of the big takeaways was the messaging quite early on about shifting focus to appeal to the target customer. As you've just heard, the co-op have had their challenges. And one of the responses has been about shifting the target customer. In this example, the co-op are looking to appeal to a broader target audience. But maybe for you, it's about focusing on a particular niche, or maybe changing niche, but also maybe becoming more broad. Either way, as you've heard, you have to show up and you have to be relevant for your customers. The best way to get in touch with Matthew is via LinkedIn, and you can get that link at obnco.uk slash 14. So I'm just going to give you that quick reminder to click subscribe if you're enjoying the show today. And you can make sure you join me every single week at the Retail Transformation Show, where you'll be hearing more from me and plenty of other amazing guests, real experts in and around the retail industry. So do click subscribe. And right now, I want to introduce our final special guest. He's the CIO and e-commerce COO of Expediator PLC. This is Michael Grange. Now, as you'd expect of a CIO, Michael is passionate about technology and brings a pragmatism to ensure it's the right fit to really deliver benefits for the organization. We're not talking tech for tech's sake, but Michael is a force for change, improvement and transformation, especially when it leads to a great customer experience. So let's hear from Michael. Hi, I'm Michael Grange. I'm the Group CIO and the e-commerce COO at Expediator PLC, headquartered in the UK. 
For those that don't know, Expediator is an e-commerce, freight forwarding and logistics company, providing a range of services to retailers, their customers and suppliers around the world. So what excites me about retail in 2019? Well, for me, it has to be how technology is enabling the incredibly rapid growth of e-commerce. If I expand on that, it comes down to three main areas, being easy to do, being cost-effective, and having global reach. Taking the first one, being easy to do. Okay, when I say it's easy, I don't actually mean it's easy, but the improvements in technology and software solutions have made it far simpler to get your retail store online. In fact, I'd go as far as to say you can be up and running in a few hours. It does get more difficult as your order volumes and product range increases, of course. Handling large volumes means you also need to have some stock somewhere. Dealing with customer returns could mean you have a problem to resolve with your courier causing damages. And as even simple customer queries start coming in, someone needs to deal with the emails and calls. That aside, it's a lot easier than it was. And what we're seeing at Expediator is an increasing demand for e-commerce services from small and startup businesses. The second area I mentioned was about being cost effective. With the increase in demand for e-commerce over the past 10 to 15 years, there's been a corresponding increase in companies providing products and services to assist. And whether you're the kind of person that can commit every waking hour to your business, or whether that's just not you at all, there are plenty of options out there. The cost effectiveness in e-commerce has come from the efficiencies in the processes. For example, the integration between online stores and the warehouse management systems has removed the need for manual intervention. You also have automated notifications to customers, automated ordering of raw materials and finished products, and the list goes on. In fact, a whole supply chain can be automated for those that have the will and resources to make it happen. What I see most days, however, is the need for basic integration and automation. But the expectations of more efficient e-commerce solutions are definitely set to increase in coming years. Lastly, I mentioned that e-commerce has a global reach. This last area is the one that excites most startups and small online businesses, getting to a global audience with products and services. Obviously, I don't want to dash the hopes of online businesses here, but going global is one of the hardest objectives to achieve. Online marketplaces are unlocking this area for many sellers, by simplifying the advertising and international shipping. There's increasing awareness of how to handle customs and the need to consider other legal obligations for certain product types, like cosmetic and electrical, for example. This is, unfortunately, only the tip of the iceberg, so do let me know if you'd like to talk through any of this in more detail over coffee sometime. For me, retail in 2019 is going to be very exciting, and I'm looking forward to applying more technology solutions to deliver great e-commerce. The big takeaway for me and also for smaller retailers and brands is that e-commerce is an opportunity that you can get support and help with, particularly if you're not naturally an e-commerce operator. And perhaps if it becomes a real headache for you and for your brand, particularly as you look to global expansion. So if you'd like to grab that coffee with Michael and go deeper into the discussion, then do reach out to him on LinkedIn, Michael Grange, and also on Twitter at MD Grange. Now, I mentioned it earlier, but if we're not connected on LinkedIn, then we really should be, don't you think? So do reach out and make contact. Send me a message. Let me know that you're listening. 
It would be brilliant to hear from you. And in particular, it would be brilliant to hear what's exciting you about retail in 2019. Or what are you most nervous of as well? So as we begin to wrap up today's show, remember, you can get all of the contact details for Richard, Matthew and Michael over at obandco.uk slash 14. And if you head over there, you'll also find relevant links to some of the stuff that's been spoken about today. So if you've enjoyed today's show, remember to subscribe. And hey, why not tell a colleague or a friend that would also love to join us in getting the insight, the ideas and the inspiration that they need to transform their retail operation and business. So I look forward to joining you next week on the next episode of the Retail Transformation Show. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye.